Welcome to Spiritual Warfare and How the Devil is Collecting Souls. Hello, my name is Teresa. Good evening, my name is Kay. Today we are reading from the book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. It's Time to Win the Battle of Your Mind by Lou Giglio. Before we start that, we're going to pick up on Chapter 6, Freedom Revolution. I would like to share something with you. Drawing near, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Luke thirteen thirty four. It's your darling daughter's 16th birthday and you feel every emotion under the sun, affection, pride, joy, concern, delight, and a love that is so profound, you know it has to be divinely designed by God himself. Your hand goes over your heart just to think about the memories you've made and the new ones you'll have from this very day. You get a little weepy with joy as you prepare the party chairs and you find yourself pulling her chair just a little closer to yours. Why? So that you will get to be a little nearer to the one you so dearly love. Our Lord feels the same way about us, about you, which is why he's offered us such extravagant grace and such tender mercies. He wants to draw ever near because he loves us so tenderly, so protectively, so foreverly. Once you draw near to him, say this little prayer. Dearest Lord Jesus, in all my comings and goings and in all my daily struggles, please help me to remember how much you love me and how wonderful It is to be gathered right under the glorious wings of your love. Amen. Amen. Wow. It is nice that he loves us and that he protects us. Okay, Miss Kay, we are ready for chapter number six, Freedom Revolution. Imagine hiking in a swampy area. The going is tough and you're all alone. You keep a watchful eye out for predators, but you don't notice that you've suddenly strayed into some sandy-looking terrain. The ground feels spongy for one step, two, suddenly it gives way. You're up to your knees in quicksand. It's wet, shifting. You're stuck and very slowly going down. You shout for help, but there's no one around. You fight to free yourself, but you can't reach any handholds to lift yourself up. You struggle. You flail against the wet sand, but you're soon up to your thighs and slowly continuing to sink. You're trapped, definitely panicking now. An hour goes by, another hour, still another. The sun is scorching hot overhead. You vow not to give up, but you're going exhausted. The harder you fight, the more the quicksand weighs you down. You've heard somewhere that struggling only makes you sink faster, so you try to be still. But it's against your instincts. You flounder, grasp for anything. 
The grit of murky sand chafes against your skin. You're past your waist now, your body firmly wedged in the trap. Another hour goes by. Another. You're down past your chest. You barely have the energy to kick anymore. You can hardly move. Here's a startling fact about, fact about quicksand. Due to the physics of shifting sand and weight distribution, the grains of sand that trapped you almost always jams up and binds together before you sink too far. It's a phenomenon called force change. And unlike what you see in the movies, you won't be suddenly sucked in over your head. In the real world, you can sink a long way down, particularly if you struggle and you definitely can die in quicksand. Yet, people seldom die from sinking and suffocating, as you might think. Instead, they die from exhaustion, from the effects of desperation and exposure. They die because they wear themselves out trying to escape. When it comes to fighting sin, the same can be true. Many of us are floundering in poor choices. For years, we battled against the spiral of sin and temptation as though it were quicksand, but it keeps sucking us down. We keep struggling, but we can't seem to climb onto solid ground. In desperation, we panic or lapse into spiritual exhaustion. It seems no matter what we try, we can't free ourselves. And it feels like we've reached the point where we can't fight anymore. We're an inch from giving up, but guess what? You don't need to be swallowed in the quicksand of sin. Okay, that kind of reminds me um, when you said that we've reached the point where we can't fight anymore. You get so tired and you just sit and you cry. You can't talk, but your heart is just screaming help. Yeah. And God knows that. God does know that. God does know that, yes. And and he does. He he knows in your spirit. You can invite the Holy Spirit down in the midst of you. You can. And some people don't know that. Right. Um, but you you can. Actually they're up there waiting. <laughs> yeah. They really yeah. are. Yes, they yeah. they truly are. Yes. So they would love to come down and <laughs> And uh, go before you. Surrounded, closed, secure, and new. You have victory in Christ. This is not mere preacher talk or church rhetoric. Jesus has already won. He's seated in the place of victory at the right hand of God. From Hebrews twelve two. When eternity unfolds, Jesus won't return to earth to fight against sin. He'll return as the ultimate victor. Because Jesus has already won the victory over sin. You have access to this victory too. You are freed from sins, quicksand by living in your new identity. Sin, temptation, and poor thought life don't need to hold you down. The power to live freely comes from your close association with Christ and his victory. To be clear... Our battle isn't won because the pressure lifts from our lives or because our circumstances change. We've seen this all along in our study of Psalms 23, 4 through 5, 
We will still walk through dark valleys through our entire lives. We will still sit at the tables that surround us by enemies. Okay. What? Can you read that again? We will still walk through dark valleys. Yeah. We will still walk through dark valleys throughout our entire lives. We will still sit at the table that surround, that's surrounded by enemies. The battle isn't won because the pressure lets up. No. The battle is won because of who walks with us through the dark valleys and who sits at the table with us when we're surrounded by troubles. Wow. And see, that's when you call the heavens down. When you have the enemies all around you, because we are going to be in dark valleys throughout our entire lives. But we can get out of them so quick if we want to. That's the thing. (laughs) We can. We can get out of them quickly. Well, and I like how he says the battle isn't won because the pressure lets up. No, the battle is won because of who walks with us. That's right. When God is with us, when God is for us, who can be against us? That's right. What does it mean to be associated with Christ and his victory? Let's unpack this concept. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we are in Christ, a new creation. And Galatians 3.26-28 says we are clothed in Christ. It means that Jesus makes us brand new, brand new, and we're completely enfolded by the righteousness of Christ. Colossians 3.3 talks about how our lives are hidden with Christ. Imagine a hidden room in a house or a hidden pocket inside a coat. When something is hidden, it's both concealed and secure. Our brand new righteousness isn't fleeting. It's protected and safe. Train your mind and heart to believe that you are a new creation. Your righteousness is safe because of Christ. There's more. Ephesians 2, 6 says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That's, that means we are united with Christ in victory. Since Christ was brought up from the grave, we were brought up together with him also. We are that closely connected with Christ. Whatever Jesus has won, we have also we have, won, we have won also. God Almighty took on the form of a human who took the full weight of the world's sins on the cross. He suffered and died and was raised to life again. That is what has won the battle. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, Thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Please listen to that line. Mm. And whatever you're battling, whatever you're going through, claim that and get up and shake it off. Mm. Train your mind and heart to see yourself as victorious in Christ. Read that again, Miss Kay. Train your mind and heart to see yourself as victorious in Christ. 
Because Satan wants to tell you otherwise. Yes. He wants to tell you that you're defeated. When temptation threaten us, threatens us, we first become free by changing our perspectives. Instead of floundering in the quicksand of sin and temptation for the rest of our lives, we change how we think. We take responsibility for what happens in our minds and say, I am in Christ and Christ is in me. I am a brand new creation. Christ is the victor and I can adopt a mindset that sees me walking in all the victory Jesus has won for me. Your new mindset tells you that God is faithful. You remind yourself of this truth. You remind yourself and you remind yourself again and again. The constant reminding begins to change the old patterns that led you to defeat. Sin is not the end of the story anymore. Your faithful God promised a way out of temptation. True to his promise, he provides a way out so that you can and will escape this temptation. He provides the way out so you can and will escape this temptation. You can walk through dark valleys and you can sit in the presence of your enemies with a different way of thinking about what God has for you. 1 John 5, 4 says, Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. How do you refuse the enemy a seat at your table? You must start from this place of identity. You remind yourself that Jesus has already won your struggle. And because you are joined with him, something powerful has already happened. Whatever he has won, you have won. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. Since Christ has victory, you have access to that victory right now. You're not fighting the battle against sin in your own strength. You're trapping it into the huge, all-powerful engine of God's resurrection power. Philippians 3.10 This is that engine for change we hinted at earlier. Maybe that sounds like a lot of theological rhetoric to get your mind around, but it really isn't complicated. It boils down to God's faithfulness. Let's look again at 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. It's that straightforward. Read the verse again. God is faithful. When you rely on him, he will provide a way out. So, how powerful is that, Teresa? Tapping into a huge, all-powerful engine of God's resurrection power. And then, when you rely on him. Mm -hmm. Not on myself, but on him. Well... I mean, when you stand up and say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, 
look at the power that that has right then and there it's done now you can say oh boy did it work you can't do that it did work you need to claim it because you have that power and say the lord rebuke you and you need to start standing up talking against it so those thoughts leave your mind and as soon as they come in the lord rebuke you the lord if you have to say it 10 times and then get going and he can't be in your mind i know i say often i'm not going there satan or i'm not staying there satan that's a good one yeah. i'm not i'm not going there i'm not uh, i'm not staying there yeah the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. You can destroy the enemy, destroy him with the word of God. It's just that easy and quick. We just sometimes need the strength to do it. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, sometimes we do need the strength to do it and not be detoured. Yeah, Satan really does love to send us down a detour. God has a plan and a path for us. He does. And he will throw every detour in your way to get you off the path and hope that you stay there. Right. Uh, the people, the things. You can't do it. You Look, look, you, you've failed again. Well, what's God going to say about that? Yeah. Well, okay, that's when you say, I am forgiven as far as the east is to from the west because I truly am sorry. I know I did it again. I know I did it again, and I'm really mad, but I'm forgiven because I am remorseful even if I do it a hundred times. Right. And that's what you need to keep throwing back. It's going back and having that conversation with God. Yes. Saying, you know what, I didn't, I didn't do right. Or, or basically, I, I didn't do right. God, I didn't do right. And I'll put myself in a place I shouldn't have put myself, God. But he's faithful. He is faithful. He Re is. Really faithful. Satan would have you dwell on it mm -hmm. for four weeks and days. Yes. Some people being in that quicksand, they get in that quicksand and they are there for the rest of their lives because yes. they can't see that the way out is in Jesus Christ. True. And sometimes addiction takes the lives of people, even though they try really hard. And it is. It's the quicksand. It's, I, I just know how hard smoking was. I, I just, I, that was so, 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 so hard. And I, I just, it's horrible. Any habit is terrible. Any addiction is terrible. We all have habits and addiction. I don't care if it's watching too much TV, overeating, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. Just like I said, if you see a fellow Christian in something, just pray for them. I mean, we're not better than anyone. Right. We're not. We all sin. Well, okay, we're going to wrap that up here. Okay. And next week... We are going to talk about, I think we're still in chapter six, Saint. So with that being said, we want to wish everybody a blessed week and we'll see you next week. Thanks for stopping by. Bye.